friends, Ian here, one of the pastors at St. Mo's, and this is our daily podcast, Every Day with St. Mo's. I want to begin today by reading a couple of verses from Ephesians chapter 6. This is in the New Living Translation. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. It's been a heavy week. You don't need me to run that down for you. If you've been watching the headlines throughout the week, you already know. And that's without even talking about the global pandemic. So how are you doing? You know, it's, it's okay to be angry, to be sad, to have questions, to be exhausted, to be irritable. And you might not want to talk about any of that, and, and I get it if you don't. But if you do think it would be helpful to do so, we're available. You can always DM me or email any of the pastors at St. Mo's. And if you are listening to this podcast without a church home, you should also feel free to shoot an email to info at saintmoes.org. That's S-A-I-N-T-M-O-S dot org. And one of us will reach out to get in touch with you. One of the things I've noticed is that uh, one of the urges that surface in many of us when we're under stress is, is the urge to find someone to blame. I'm not talking about a a sensible or careful approach to holding culpable parties responsible. That's all well and good and right. I'm, I'm talking about when frustration and despair boil over into a blind and senseless blame game. So, for example, in the Black Death of the 14th century, which... Uh, plowed its way across Europe, leaving death and economic devastation in its wake for a a generation. There was another plague lurking in its wake, and that was the plague of scapegoating. Elements within the culturally Christian majority found a convenient scapegoat in the Jewish community, alleging crazy things like the Jewish people were causing the plague by poisoning the water supply. And those ugly, evil sentiments ended up having deadly consequences. Hundreds of Jewish people were pushed out of communities, were massacred, and in horrific instances like one day in Strasbourg in 1349, almost 200 Jewish people were killed in a single day. And I bring that up because we've already in the four months of this pandemic seen an emboldening in our own country of of anti-Asian racism. And that sentiment, for the record, just has no home at St. Mo's. And in our highly politicized cultural moment, it seems to me that it's only likely that as, as different leaders and different communities, different organizations, different churches even, navigate the process of reopening differently, that there's going to be a strong urge to to scapegoat and to blame. And it's not just going to be out there, not just in the headlines, but in here, in me, in 
you. So I wanted to spend a few moments offering us sort of a biblical architecture for thinking about blame. I think the place to begin is with the doctrine of sin. The Bible teaches us that all of us individually are sinful. Our hearts are bent away from God. Our hearts are, are rebellious and their natural inclination is to distrust God, to mistrust God, to veer away from God, and to treat people created like us in the image of God horrendously. So that's individual, but it's also species-wide. Uh, all of us uh, human beings throughout the history of humanity have had this uh, bent in us, and it's, it's what we often call um, uh, the depravity of humanity. And so if you grew up in a, maybe a holiness tradition or have spent time around uh, some of the, the holiness denominations, you'll have a strong sense of, of individual sinfulness, which is, is good. And one of the gifts of, of, of that doctrine is it reminds us that um, it's never safe to try to take the speck out of somebody else's eye until you've examined your own for the big planks there. Like, we all are sinful, and each one of us is a contributing factor in the messiness and pain of the world. And if you've grown up uh, maybe in reform circles, or have had exposure to reform circles, you probably have a strong sense of the fall, and uh, a strong sense that all of the pain and suffering in the world, at some level, writ large, is attributable to uh, the waywardness of humanity as a species. So that's the first, let's call it um, the first leg of the stool, sin, whether it's individual or for humanity at large. Here's the second one, systemic injustice. And if you've grown up uh, around mainline Protestant traditions or have uh, spent much time in that world, then you probably have a healthy understanding of the way that systems, entire architectures within a culture can be and often are twisted and awry and working against the grain of God's purposes for shalom and justice in the world. And until those systems are reordered to align with God's purpose, they're going to be um, oppressive unjust and are going to be holding some people down while lifting others up. And if your main exposure to uh, the faith has been uh, in evangelical circles, you might have a healthy sense of individual sinfulness, but not much appreciation of systemic injustice. So those are two legs of the stool so far. Sin, systemic injustice. Here's the third, Satan. And unless you've grown up in charismatic or Pentecostal uh, or African-American church circles, there's a decent chance you haven't spent much time thinking about Satan as the enemy of humanity. And I think this is a, a really crucial leg of the stool because At the end of the day, as wrong-headed as human ideas might be, and as horrible as we might be towards each other, and as unfaithful as we might be towards God, other human beings are not fundamentally the enemy. 
And that's what that passage in Ephesians 6 was getting at. The enemy is the enemy of all humanity and the, 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 the chief architect of the rebellion against God and is Satan. And if we draw Satan out of the picture, then our tendency is going to be to make other human beings, even to make other Christians into the enemy, uh, to make them the scapegoat. And I don't in any of this mean to paint a picture of Satan as uh, God's equal or co-equal opposite rival. Uh, the Bible is clear he's nothing like God's peer. Uh, God is ultimately the all-powerful one. And so that's where I want to um, land, having drawn these three stools, three legs of the stool, sin, systemic injustice, and Satan, uh, to remind us that it's helpful to keep these three in balance, uh, that each one of them is an important part of the picture when it comes to assigning blame. And if we focus too heavily on one to the exclusion of the others, uh, we're likely uh, to end up on a wobbly track. But as we saw in our series that we just finished called Core Temptations, when, when we're in the wilderness, when we're in hard seasons, in those very moments when Satan is most likely to try to tempt us, to split us away from God, God is also there. He meets us in those hardest, most stressful seasons. And what Satan is using to tempt us, God uses to test us. Where Satan's purposes are to split us away from God and away from each other, God's purposes are to build us up in him and in community. Or, to put it even more simply, as Genesis does, what the enemy intends for evil, God uses for our good. Let me pray for us. Father, I pray that as we are weary and as there's so much pain right now, that you would help us to be careful about how we assign blame, to look at sinfulness in our own hearts, to look at the systems of injustice of which we are a part to remember that Satan, the enemy of humanity, is ultimately our enemy. And in all of this, to turn to you in complete dependence and trust, because you are the one, the only one, who was able to take the most horrific of circumstances, the most depressing of situations, the most tiresome of scenarios, and to use it for our good and for the good of those we love. So would you turn our hearts toward you and trust, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.